0: You know what my least favorite question is, the question I'm most scared to be asked, the one I hate the most is, drum roll please, what do you do? You know that line, like you meet someone new at a party in public, you get introduced, hi Joe, and what do you do? And it's short for what do you do for a living? And that's our door opening question. Okay, so let's explore that a bit. Welcome back to the With Joe B podcast. Obviously with your host, Joe B. And I'm really keen to I'm really keen to unpack this today. It's really interesting conversation to add on to what we're talking about with interests, interest mapping, community connection in some recent episodes. So what about what do you do? Alright, let's talk about Michael Jordan then. Let's talk about MJ. For anyone who's seen The Last Dance, right, there's a bit more insight to his story. Crazy competitive dude. Still probably considered the best basketball player of all time. Bit of contention there with LeBron. I'm not a basketball expert at all, so I'm not interested in weighing in on that debate. But what I do know, what's clear to everyone, is that in his basketball career, MJ was killing it. The Chicago Bulls had won three straight and we're crushing it and they could have gone on to keep that going except all of a sudden Michael Jordan decides he's going to play baseball. Now think about how ridiculous that is. We have the beauty of retrospect but at the time it, it kicked up a huge fuss. Like who is this guy? Like he's a great basketball player. What's wrong? What's so wrong with that that he has to now go and play baseball and throw away all this hard work and everything he's done? Like crazy, and as the story goes, obviously the Bulls didn't really win while he was there, and then he kind of comes back eventually um, to basketball. But he he gave it, gave baseball his all, and I just find that so courageous. I find it very courageous when the 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 people who are really in the limelight change and mix it up and and defy what everyone expects of them Um, you know actors who decide they're done with the rom-coms and want to get back into drama Um, you know musicians who sing outside their genre because they because they want to when it resonates with them even if even though it's not consistent with their brand what people expect of them even I know this is not quite an international example but even in rugby league a couple of players um, Jared Hayne Valentine Holmes who Went and left the Australian Rugby League and went gave uh, NFL uh, American football a shot, and you know neither of them really kind of made it, made it big doing that. and very hard to do, but everyone laughed at them. Everyone thought they were crazy, and everyone kind of when they come back, um, tail between their legs. Everyone's like, I told you so. Think about how bra- there's a, there's an amazing question, Seth Godin. I heard Seth Godin ask on the Tim Ferriss show, which is what would you do even though you knew you were going to fail that you'd still do anyway? Incredibly powerful. That's an incredibly powerful question to strip things back and reveal a real intrinsic lesson to you. What would you do even if you knew you were going to fail you'd see it through anyway? Because that'd have to be something pretty... Important to you to do, even though you knew it was going to fail, but then it comes back to what failure even is. So, what do you do for a living, Michael Jordan? I'm a baseball player, but I used to be a basketball player. What? I, yeah, so I just coming back to that because when you think about what that question is that question you get asked when you meet someone new. Particularly in the West, when it's very basic small talk, and it's what do you do? That question, because it's the first thing, it's the default that we go to. I think, therefore, it says the most about our culture. So, what is that question actually saying? What is asking that question actually saying? That question saying that the most useful uh, window into you is what you choose to do to fund your survival. What do you do for a living? And it made sense probably more in some of our previous, um, I guess, the way our economy and jobs and everything used to be set up because we're much more likely to obviously work for one company for a longer period of time uh, in in the working kind of culture of, of of a Western, comfortable Western country but I think that reality is shifting big time and people need to be aware of that first and foremost. But then I also think that that's a huge tragedy because our culture has certainly evolved and if it hasn't, it really should. Because why do we need to be one thing? Why do we need to be one thing? This is not not talking about achievement, right? Michael Jordan would achieve more If he'd stayed in basketball, I'm almost sure of it. He would have achieved more in basketball. But what is a real achievement? I think a real achievement is probably being authentic to yourself, to scratching your interests, pursuing your curiosity, embracing those challenges that you feel like you need to embrace. It's not all about the metrics and what others expect of us, of course. So the question, I always get the impression, because the, 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 my answer to that question is very complicated, right? As you can imagine, what do you do? Because I do a podcast, I write a blog, I'm working on books, a couple of you know businesses, the, the learning stuff, do had labs. There's, there's a couple of ways I can answer, but if I really answer honestly, well, I get a furrowed eyebrows. So I always work on different answers depending on who's asking. So it creates some social friction, but one of my favorite personal sayings is, uh, have a complicated answer to the question, "What do you do?" Because the truth about what I do is that I'm also a thinker. You know, I act as a brother, a son, a friend, a facilitator. I'm an amateur comedian, amateur musician. I do every now and then I do a song parody. I'm, I'm a karaoke enthusiast, okay, I'm a dreamer, I'm an amateur soccer player, an amateur skier, sorry, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And there's a, there's a fantastic term, uh, polymath, which refers to someone who's got a wide expertise of a, a spread of areas, which is linked to the idea of a, rena- a rena- renaissance man. And I've talked, I've got a blog post on um, becoming a renaissance man, renaissance man uh, on the blog, which you might find interesting because I just find there's so many benefits to uh, being a multifaceted person. Now, achievement, the point I was making about Michael Jordan, achievement within a discipline can be slightly different. That's not necessarily the best thing. And focusing on one thing as a core focus, a mission, important piece of work or focusing on a relationship or family is a little bit different. I'm not talking about focus. I'm talking about who we are, what we do. Our culture, shaped by industrialism, wants to put us in one box. That's all it can fathom. People find it hard to categorize you if they can't put you in one box. And the reason our industrial system promotes that it's because industrialism wanted you to be a tool that they could easily replace. If the parts are weird, you want to be able to just like the conveyor belt. If a part's broken, you want to get a like-for-like part and put it straight in. So that system wanted people to be like that. That is against your interests. It is almost demetrically opposing your interests. You want to be the indisposable part. You want to be the completely unique part. You want to be the part that cannot be found anywhere else that is completely unique and novel that people need to select you to do that thing because you're the only person who has this combination now this just builds exactly upon interest mapping making you a more interesting person but be a more interesting person not to others but to yourself now I apologize for making that prescriptive but it's certainly the way i carry I, this is just the way i find works best so you need to decide If it works for you but the downside on the surface appears minimal right it's just have that interest map okay be interested in multiple things and efficiently allocate your time to scratching those important interests all right come back to the idea of the minimum viable lifestyle it's your lifestyle no one else is going to enjoy it and no one else is going to feel frustrated if you're not living your minimum viable lifestyle so, why why compromise on the important and valuable things to you for the sake of making that question easier to answer to fitting in the expectations of others? Because it might be their expectations, but the most value you can provide them is by being unique. So, always have a complicated answer to the question, what do you do? Because what you're doing is not just funding your living. You're living your living as well, right? <laughs> so, Think about that. What's your answer to the question? What do you do? And what, you know, this is New Year's Eve, New Year, you can think about redefining this a bit, right? Instead of your same old nonsense New Year's resolution. What do you think about what you're going to put amateur in front of in terms of your job titles? Right? Amateur comedian, amateur speechwriter, amateur storyteller. Right? You've got all those things. It's just the degree to which you're sophisticated and professional at them. But then the interesting thing is, all the greats were once amateurs. Thank you, and always remember that the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. This has been the With Joe Eby podcast. We'll see you again next time.